Welcome to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. I'm Jeremy Sheeran. My guest is Katya Carpio, Marketing Director at Visionary Eye Doctors. Katya, it's so nice to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Tell us about a memorable marketing moment from your career. I think that the biggest one for me was when um, I was still in the process of learning a lot of the digital marketing concepts and learning about how the reporting went. And I would ask a lot of questions. I was like that little kid that was like, why this? Why that? And I could tell that the people that were answering my questions were obviously getting really annoyed. But I mean, I wanted to know. I wanted to learn. And then I started figuring out that things weren't really the way they were supposed to be. The more I was learning, the more I researched. And so I approached my boss. I was like, hey, I don't think this is looking too good. I I think that we need to make some changes. And she was like, are you sure? We've been with them for a long time. And I, I kept insisting. I kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And it turned out that I was right. And I was, you know, a little doubtful because I was still in the process of learning. But my boss gave me a chance to explain and, you know, talk about it. And we discussed it over. And so that really gave me a big boost of confidence because I was like, okay, maybe I am learning, but I'm getting this. And it's a process always because you're always learning and there's always all these new methods. But it was something that really marked my career with just you know, like a huge stepping stone in my learning. Oh, wow. So what was it that you noticed that was like, wait a minute, this doesn't seem right. What was that thing? So we had really plateaued in our, you know, I guess our growth in digital in the digital marketing with our SEO and our pay-per-click and our Google ads. So I had noticed, I was like, wait a minute, we're pumping all this money in, but we're not really getting those results. And there were some things that just weren't adding up. Because we were starting these new campaigns, but we weren't being advised that other things are running in the background that were going to not work for our campaigns. So me asking these questions kind of brought these things to light. And we were able to make those changes that were necessary for us. And we were able to switch to something that a service that was more focused to our industry. And it's been great so far. So in other words, you were using an agency and you were like, well, how, what about this? And they're like, oh, don't worry about that. That's how it's supposed to be, one, et cetera. And you're, and, but you weren't satisfied. You were like, eh, I don't, I don't know. That doesn't make sense. And you kept pushing and asking. That's really awesome. Like you, it would be so easy to just be like, well, they're the experts, I guess. What do I know? You know, I don't, I'm not an expert, but it's like, no, it always, almost always pays at least to ask questions, right? If there's like something nagging at your brain or you're like, I'm seeing something different. I'm not dumb. Keep pushing and, and don't just because someone tells you like, oh, it's fine. That doesn't always mean it's fine. It was almost like a life lesson too, because you can't just take it that someone's going to give you the answer you want. You, you got to find the answers you want. Yeah. And, you know, I think especially when it comes to something like marketing, maybe generally, and especially digital marketing, which, you know, we're all like, we're all so into it now, but it's a relatively new thing still in the grand scheme of things, right? And there's a lot we don't know, and there's a lot that we're learning. And so anyone who claims to have all the answers, they don't. When I would call things out, they would look at me like, wait a minute, how did she, how did she figure that one out? And they would take, a, it was funny because we would be on phone calls and they just would take like this really long pause and then try to give me an answer or figure out something to say. It was really uh, impactful and moving forward. Yeah, I'm sure that gave you a ton of confidence to be like, okay, ask good questions 
and that can reveal a lot of a lot of good information or spark new ideas for different ways to do things. You know, I bet a lot of marketing experts are like SEO experts. And of, of course, I don't have anyone particular in mind, but I think a lot of it is like they work with companies who have no idea how that stuff works. And they're relying like 100% on the agency to just, okay, make it happen, you know? And if you don't know anything about it, it's hard to even know what questions to ask. And so I bet a lot of these agencies get used to just like, well, you know, this is how we do things. They don't know. They don't understand. But then the minute you start asking questions, like you said, they're like, what? Like, you know, maybe no one ever really questioned them on that stuff before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was it was exactly that. Basically what happened. I mean, they were I mean, they were giving us the leads that we wanted, but the process behind it, I was like, wait a minute. I don't this doesn't really make much sense to me based on what I had already learned. And then research research makes a world of a difference. You know, just don't take one answer, you know, ask around, talk to people, you know, you know, Googling it, you know, they would give me, oh, this is average for your industry. I would look it up. It wasn't. I always recommend anyone who doesn't know to do the research, look it up. That's why my boss kept telling me to just read about it. Right. And so easy to do. I mean, right. Literally just Google it. See what you find. Love that. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. Let's get into our main topic today. I mean, that actually, that could have been our main topic, but it's actually not. <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit about podcasting as a marketing tool in the medical realm. And now I know... You guys have some experience with this. You guys have started a podcast. So just tell us a little bit about that, what the podcast, what it's called, what it is, sort of, and how you got started with it. So our podcast is called The EYE Show. We have it available on Apple, the Apple podcast platform, and Spotify. So this idea came from one of our physicians. She's actually very, has a pretty large following amongst people with dry eyes, which you wouldn't think that it would be that popular, dry eyes, but it's actually really impressive. She has a blog and a lot of people look for her. We have a lot of international patients that fly overseas to just have those treatments because we're one of the only facilities in the country that do just about every type of dry eye treatment. But I'm not going to I'm not going to bore you with all of the the technicalities and the science behind it, but basically a lot of this stuff is like new amongst the treatments for dry eyes. So she wanted to provide her patients a way to basically have them listen without having to sit in the waiting room and come in for a visit and learn about these things and having to sit there for like 30 minutes and listen to her tell them about all these treatments, which can be very confusing for people, especially if you're just getting all of this information at once. So we really were using it as a tool more for patient education, which is very key in our industry because most patients have actually a higher success rate if they feel more confident in their medical decisions and understanding their treatments. So that was really the goal and a lot of branding as well, because we don't really know a lot of people that do podcasts, well, at least amongst those in eye care. So we really wanted something that was unique, but that's how it all came together. And I have no experience in podcasting and neither did she. So we were like, oh, well, let's ask around. Let's get some advice. We bought a mic, we set up a tripod and we got to recording. I love that. So you just did it, you know, without overthinking it or worrying. Like, what if we do it the wrong way? You just got into it and started doing that, which is usually the best way to start most things, right? And then you learn as you go. Okay. So, so you mentioned that the main purpose of the podcast so far has been patient education. 
So it would seem to me like one of the benefits you get from it is saving time so that ideally patients can listen to the podcast before they come in and learn instead of every single time the doctor having to kind of educate every patient one-on-one from scratch about all these things. There's another way that they can learn about it from the doctor in her own voice. Yeah. And the interesting part of it, well, it's because it's so specific, dry eyes and just eye care in general. It's just so specific. When patients would come in, a lot of them had already had like the basic treatments and they wanted more. They wanted, you know, the meat and the potatoes of what they could get to relieve their discomfort. So a lot of them, you know, have done their research. They didn't want the basic, like, oh, this is your treatment. This is what's going to happen. This is where you're going to be. They wanted the science behind it. And that's what she provided within that podcast. It sounds like she did that because patients were asking for it. What a concept. Your, your patients are asking for a thing and then you provide it for them. And then and it works. That sounds smart. Yeah, we've gotten great feedback from the patients. We have patients that listen to an episode like four times and they're like, when's the next episode coming out? And that's so interesting, too, because this is obviously a very niche particular audience. So you're not just trying to reach anyone who stumbles on the podcast, a very concentrated group of people who are interested in this very specific topic. And apparently, I mean, I'm sure if they Googled it, like you said, they are already researching it, right? So there's all, there is information out there about dry eye, right, and treatments for it. So why do you think, like, given that there is other information out there, why is it, do you think, that this particular information that's being provided through the podcast, why is that resonating so much with the patients? I think it's because she likes to address the human aspect of the whole thing because, you know, we have patients that are to the point where they're suicidal because of their dry eye discomfort. So, you know, it gives them a ray of hope being, hey, you know, there are treatments that could potentially help you. And then we've slowly been developing the podcast since it was a it was a concept that we were we just we just started. So we wanted to expand to other eye care. So we've had guest doctors from our practice because we have 14 doctors that would come and talk about different things like pterygium or myopia. But really, it came down to her saying like, hey, there's hope. You, you're going to make it through this and we're going to use the tools we have because a lot of these patients feel like they're hopeless. So it was a very positive outlook on these treatments, giving them all the information they want to know. And then in the end, still leaving them with, hey, we're going to figure it out. We're still working on these cures. We're going to figure it out. And it's it's just giving them that hope, really. That's really what patients really resonate with it because they feel like there's no answers because there really is no answer at this point with dry eyes, giving them the information that they want for what's out there now, but then also saying, okay, there's there's potentially more that could be coming. So it sounds like the reason the podcast has been as successful as it has been is because it's not just providing information, like here are facts about dry, but there's like a strong emotional human component to it. As you just said, people are tuning in, not just to learn more about dry eye and the treatments, but also to feel like I'm not alone in this. Yeah. There's even like Facebook groups. Like there is not a few people. It's a lot of people that have this problem. And we, I mean, like I said, we have people that come from all over the world to get these treatments. So it's, it's nice because it's almost like it's a very, it's, it gives a community feel to it. 
By the way, what is the, the doctor's name? Her name is Dr. Sandra Laura Kramers. How would you describe, I assume she's the host of the podcast, right? She's the yeah. main voice? Yeah, okay. she's the main voice. Okay. And it sounds like it's sometimes maybe she's having a conversation with another doctor. Maybe sometimes it's just her talking about issues. And how would you describe her style as a host? It sounds to me like she's very good at doing this in a way that connects in a human way with the listeners. You know, like this is a topic that could be, you know, pardon my pun, but it could be very dry. I'm not belittling the dry eye, but you know what I mean? You know, it's a technical thing, right? You could do this in a way that's like very technical and dry, but it sounds like that's not how it is and that she's really good at connecting with people on an emotional level. How does she do that, do you think? I think it's it's the whole seeing it in person with the patients that she interacts with. So she knows what the patients want. She knows what the patients like, what they're looking for. So when with all that human interaction, she likes to conduct it almost like she's having a conversation with the patient and, you know, getting really technical with the terms, which can be challenging. But at the same time, it's really interesting how when she conducts a conversation, even when it's just by herself, she's answering the questions that most patients ask when they come in to see her. So I think that's what's really made it different is that it's almost like she's having a conversation with you and you're the one in the examination chair and she's just explaining it and going through the steps, going through the risks and the benefits, which is what patients want to know. It, so it sounds like she's doing the really sort of crucial and totally common sense thing of she knows her audience and knows how to talk to them because she talks to them every day in person. And it's just it's as though she's talking directly to them in person. And of course, that's going to resonate coming from a doctor that they trust and that they respect and look to for help. Wow. So now how do you guys promote the podcast? So we have it on our website and then we tell patients about it that are, you know, in the office when patients want to learn more. They're like, oh, where, where can I learn more about these things? Well, we direct them to the podcast since it's still pretty new. I mean, we haven't really pushed much on it because we're still developing the concepts, developing the topics. But overall, people mainly find it through our website. And so it sounds a lot of it is literally word of mouth. You're literally telling people like, hey, one, just one by one, we have this podcast. You should check it out. And then word tends to spread that way, which is great because I there's good data that a lot. That's how people discover podcasts generally a lot of the time. It's word of mouth. You know, a friend will tell you like, oh, I've been listening to this podcast. You should check it out. I think you'd like it. Yeah, definitely. That, that's how me and my sister share podcasts. She'll tell me, hey, have you heard this episode? I'm like, no, I've never even heard of that show. Right. And that's really the best kind of marketing when like a friend, someone you that you trust and like know and like just mentions it. And you're like, oh, well, if they like it, it's at least worth checking out. And with podcasting, right, you can get pretty good data from audio hosting platforms and stuff. So how much attention do you pay to that stuff? And so far, I mean, I know you've mentioned that the podcast is relatively new and it can take time to get enough data to really make use of it. But have you been looking at that data consistently? And if so, like, what do you do with it? So, yeah, we've been checking it about once a month to compare how we did the month prior towards the following month. So we'll look at just really how many listeners, how many people have liked it, the reviews, if there's comments or people have request certain topics and we'll just push that into the following weeks if we can. So we really just push to see if we have more listeners because 
that is a tight knit group. So we want to push it more for branding. So we've been pushing more general topics like just general eye care, things to prevent, things just to prevent dry eyes, not when you already have them or, you know, amongst kids and doctors who have specialties like our, like the founder of the company, Dr. Martinez, he does to gym surgery and that's not very common in our area. So we want to push it so that it's more for a general audience now. We've always tried to follow and just increase the listener base in whatever way we can. Podcast statistics are in some ways a little bit limited, right? Like you don't, you can get a general sense of how many people are listening to both a given episode and the whole thing uh, to episodes overall and so on. But you really don't know exactly who those people are. But definitely it's still, it sounds like it's still useful for you guys just to know like, okay, are we getting more listeners, fewer listeners, which topics are, you know, really pop and stuff like that. And you mentioned there are groups like, I'm, I'm not sure if you said Facebook specifically, but like online groups about dry eye, like people that have this condition. Have you used those groups at all to help get out word about the podcast or is that something you're thinking about doing? So, yeah, we've joined a few different groups uh, amongst the different conditions that we treat in the office and then we'll put out information. And then if people have questions, they're like, hey, do you guys know anyone local? And then we'll put out our information like, hey, you can visit us. We offer these services type of thing. And then for the podcast itself and those dry eye groups, sometimes you don't even have to. A lot of our patients just say like, hey, you guys should listen to this podcast. And they put out an episode that was pertaining to whatever condition they were getting treated for. Wow. Again, that is just awesome marketing, right? When you're not even asking for it, people just spontaneously are like, hey, you got everyone in this group? Check out this podcast. Yeah, definitely. They listen to it. So it means a lot to us that they care enough to share it. What's your advice for marketing teams, either at eye care practices or any kind of medical practice, potentially, that are, you know, that are thinking about podcasting and might want to give it a shot? What would be your advice for you know, know if it's a good fit or not, or, or getting started? Really, it's talk to your doctors. You know, it's, you have to really want to do it and work with people that want to do it because it's such a concept that not a lot of people do. And if you're not really an expert on podcasts, it could be a little nerve wracking. And then just ask people around you, you know, who could help you you know, get started, you know, what kind of equipment to buy, what platforms to use. We were really lucky that the doctor had a family friend who actually was almost like an expert in podcasting. So he was a big help to us with recording and editing and, you know, just kind of teaching us the ways of podcasting. So I would say do the research, be patient and just go for it because you never know until you start. That is expert advice. Well, Katya, thank you so much. Really enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.